0: Hey, people, I'm Sergio Parisi, and you're watching Rugby Rapper.
1: Coming up next, Steve Lewis, Barry Herbert, and Matt McCarthy talk about the international tests and the Rugby Weekend. Brought to you by Irish Rugby Tours, the Rugby Tour Specialists. AFIA Sports Training, committed to developing the sporting potential of future players in the U.S., U.K., and across the world. And Dub Pies, Down Under Pies. Stop by, say hi, and eat pie. And the Pagan Whistle on West Thirty Sixth Street. Hey, everybody! Welcome back to Rugby Wrap Up. Matt McCarthy in Midtown Manhattan with Steve Lewis at the Fantasy Sports Network Studio Thirty Four, and we have on the horn with us South African living in Denver, Barry Herbert. Hi, Barry. How you doing?
0: I'm doing great, thank you. <music>
1: And what better way to talk about that England-South Africa game than to go to Steve Lewis, the Scotsman, first. Steve, you want to talk about this one a little bit?
2: Apart from the forces of evil and darkness triumphing over South Africa by a bare single point, uh, the main talking point for me clearly was the Farrell tackle at the end of the game. Um, There's a pattern now of some big decisions, big refereeing decisions, and in my mind going the wrong way. Uh, Farrell was one. Sean Davies is in the USA game also. Farrell, clearly no rap. Uh, He's been trolled brilliantly on Twitter today by Razzie Erasmus, the Springboks coach. They did a little uh, video you've probably seen. That was great. Yeah, it's good. But um, it was clearly yellow. No intent. Farrell's an abrasive player. He's a physical player. I wouldn't mind him on my side, but the guy's got a history. And, you know, it comes down to – it actually doesn't come down to intent by the letter of the law, but that was a yellow card. That was a penalty, and the Springboks could have sneaked it.
0: Barry? Well, uh, yes, thanks, Matt. Um, well, firstly, just to get into the game itself, uh, I would like to touch on this talking point in the 83rd minute in a, in a, in a, in a little bit. But in the game itself, uh, you know, narrow victory for England, one point in it. Uh, and you just felt pretty much the whole way that South Africa with a better team again uh, in this fixture. So that's two weeks running that the Springboks have uh, dominated the opposition and then not got the job done, um, so not really acceptable from the Springbok uh, spectators or the coaching staff or even the players perspective, uh, but that's the reality, they've gone and lost another test match they should have won, um, and they will be stinging, um, so yeah, not a, not a great performance, not the best test match either, just the one try for Sabu and Korsi, Uh, and a very few scoring opportunities for both teams, so uh, a real, what, you know, a real grind for both sets of forwards. Uh, not much momentum for either team, and uh, just not a great spectacle of rugby. Unfortunately, I think there were better games this weekend than the uh, England South Africa game.
1: Barry, you want to yell? You want to weigh in on the non-yellow?
0: <laughs> yeah, yes, I do, Max. Uh, I think uh, on behalf of a lot of uh, Springbok supporters right now, we're we're feeling a little aggrieved by that incident. Uh, referee Angus Gardner quite clearly got that wrong uh we've had all we've all had a good look at it now i think the jury is pretty much out what's shocking is that there's been no further sanction from world rugby on this and eddie jones and everybody else seems to think that it's absolutely fine so very happy with russi Rasmus's response there which has been quite amusing the response to this uh how we should be tackling going forward yes um i think i think it's a little bit uh a little, a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but nonetheless, we, we, should be, we should be really getting some consistency back into this law because it's, it's turning into a bit of a shambles right now.
1: Well, you know, I'm just the crazy yank, but I think that was a yellow card for sure.
0: Um, Absolutely.
2: But what do I know? Wedge your cheese <laughs> all the way. Show him the cheese.
1: Barry, why no attempt at a drop goal?
0: Well, I'm, you know, again, that's the second week in a row that we've had. We've been right under the oppo- uh, opposition's uh, posts. Uh, same thing in New Zealand. There were two or three opportunities there to to put the game away with a drop goal. So I'm starting to ask questions about the leadership uh, on the field uh, to actually get the job done in tight situations. I, I just want to say uh, that I think Siya Kulisi is an outstanding captain. Has done a great job for South Africa, but in those pressure moments, we don't seem to be. Uh, adjusting or adapting, and we're not seeing the opportunity to win a test match, uh, and we failed twice. So yes, that opportunity was right there, um, and they—they they, once again they went for the try. They were unsuccessful, um, and we all know what happened in the 83rd minute.
1: Steve, a, a, a Johnny Wilkinson, a Johnny Sexton, a Ronan O'Gara, uh, an Owen Farrell are all calling for the ball for a job goal right there.
2: Yeah, I'm not saying it's a, a dying art, but. Um... You're right. It it seems to have disappeared from most people's skill set. I mean, these guys are professionals. They do it. They practice it. They've done it. So Barry's probably right. It comes down to that um, composure, that poise, uh, you know. uh, And someone has to show some cojones and step up and call for it. And usually it's the 10, and that 10 will stand or fall by the success of that kick. So it's a nervy thing, but that's why they're paid the big bucks in those positions. They should be calling for it.
1: All right. Well... uh Couple of standout performances in that one for me, though, were uh, Mark Wilson. Newcastle is suddenly a team to be watching. They're exciting. They had a great uh, start in the European Championship uh, Cup, and now, you know, they're starting to find their footing in the Premiership. And then, uh, then George Cruz, I think, had a great match. What, what's your take on that, Barry?
0: Uh, uh well I I have about three or four standout performers on the on on the Springbok side but not really much to crow about. Uh I thought Damian Dalendi, the inside center uh, played particularly well. He's been in very good form the last few weeks. Uh Steff de the toy played at lock this weekend has been utilized on the blind side flank has been a standout all season and uh he had another very very good game so he's he's a player to really uh, keep your eye on going into the World Cup. And then Urban Etzebeth, you know, a massive first half until he got injured. Uh, we're not sure um, how bad that injury is or whether he will be available for the remainder of the tour. But those 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 players stood out for me. Um, and I thought Farrell had a pretty good game for England, you know. It, despite the tackle, um, I thought he was he was very good. Um, but it, it really wasn't a, a showing where you had a lot of standout individual performances uh, of any real note, apart from those that I just mentioned.
1: And, and, you know, we were engaged in an Instagram war with some folks where they were all citing the lineouts, uh, the inability to get their own lineouts yeah. for South Africa.
0: Yeah, that was disappointing. You know, Malcolm Marks has been one of the best uh, players in the in world rugby this year. Um, he, I think he's in line for, for that honor, in fact, with world rugby. Uh, and he just was completely off the boil uh, in this game. So... Uh, unfortunately, yeah, the lineout went went to pieces this week for South Africa, which is strange. It's a real strength of uh, of of the box, and uh, I expect them to fix that pretty quickly. I don't think we've got some really tall timber there. Uh, all four of those locks are outstanding, so the throwing has got to be good. And unfortunately, Mark Marks missed his mark, and uh, no good. No lineout. tried went to begging.
1: You got the bell ringing on that one. That was oh, that was oof. You snuck that one. Did, was that
2: scripted? <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, let's talk about Wales, Scotland. Okay, 21-10 in Cardiff. 15th loss out of 17 for Scotland now, so it's becoming a bit of a habit, a bad habit if you're Scottish. Um, Scotland had a chance. He's actually a dominated possession. Um, or camped in a Welsh half, second half. Two glaring defensive mistakes by Hugh Jones, who's a terrific player, but he missed um, Jonathan Davis on one. And he missed George North on the other, and that was that was the difference. Um, interesting, home home countries playing a Test match in the autumn for the first time. But um, you know, it was it was the Dotty Weir um, fundraiser, so that was a big part of it. Uh, good occasion, raised a lot of money. Both the Scottish and Welsh unions were shamed into donating in the end. But um, you oh, let do tell. Yeah, so I mean, it was uh, Doddy Weir's game, right? And they're raising money for charity, but uh, the gate receipts weren't. None of that was going to Doddy Weir until there was a bit of a furore in the press and the public said enough's enough. And my understanding is both unions contributed a eventually contributed a six-figure sum to his. Um, oh, that's great. Uh, fund. Um, so next up for Scotland is Fiji. Gregor Townsend referred to them as the Brazil. Over rugby, which means a lot of flair, a lot of, um, you know, a fun team to watch. And they certainly are. Fiji are are going places. A lot of players now in European leagues. This is perhaps their golden generation of players in my mind. Um, So it's a sold-out Murrayfield. Scotland versus Fiji. Finn Russell could be back. Stuart Hogg actually has made a fast recovery. He's in the squad for this Saturday. Um, So Scotland are getting closer to full strength as well. This could be a very interesting game. Speaking of injury, uh, on the Welsh
1: side, it was good to see that George North... And Lee Halfpenny, who had some great kicks in a in a relatively tight contest for for the most part, um, they were back in good form. Means nothing. Irrelevant. Irrelevant, Irrelevant. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter.
2: If it's not Scottish. It's not a Six Nations, not the World Cup, it's so a friendly
1: Right, we also had uh, Japan getting five tries against the All Blacks in Tokyo, right? But that was a lopsided score. But you know, five tries, one could argue, Barry, that the All Blacks, the All Blacks defense, isn't what it's all cracked up to be.
0: Well, yes, Matt. They seem to be leaking a lot of points um, and backing their ability to score more, a lot more tries than the others, which was the case again on Saturday. Um, far more entertaining game than the Springboks versus uh, England game. Uh, but yeah, All Blacks just way too strong for Japan. Really, uh, it was an, it was a good performance, and it was great to see a big crowd there. I think the game was in Tokyo, and it was uh, uh, it was a good spectacle, and uh, great for the people in Japan to, to to be able to see the All Blacks. And uh, and they, and I thought Red Blossoms did great. You know, they they, they were gutsy, and they're on track for for a decent showing in the World Cup.
1: Yeah, they had a seven three lead, and and you know it's a precursor of the exciting stuff that we're going to see in the Rugby World Cup 2019 in Japan because
2: it is a, it is a rugby playing nation, Stephen. Yeah, to that point, is mean, good. You're right; it's a record crowd, forty-five thousand, which is great for Japan ahead of the World Cup. Um, fact of the matter is that it, it wasn't wasn't your All Blacks A-side, right? They took fifty-one players to Japan. They they took this opportunity to blood players, so two kicks charged down as well for those tries. And um, someone get too worked up about it, but um, you know, a, a competitive host team in the World Cup is going to be good. So we want Japan to be going well.
1: And that'll segue into our uh, chat about the rugby weekend after the break because of those players. They didn't have the Maori. True, right? So don't go away. We'll be right back with Mr. Barry Herbert and Mr. Steve Lewis talking international rugby, talking the rugby weekend specifically, right after this. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, the Pig and Whistle on West 36th Street. Up
0: the Magic to ride.
1: And ladies and gentlemen, here's our latest with Jonathan wicklow Barbry's piece, Did the Dragons Win? Uh, yeah, yes, Matthew, I'm down here on the uh, ground here in New York City with the uh, doorman, Rich. Uh, as you know, doormen in New York City know everything. Rich, quick question for you. Uh, did uh, dragons win? The
0: dragons? They never win. Pop the magic to ride.
1: been blind since I was four and I've never seen a beer commercial or a beer label none of that stuff influences me I drink beer because of the taste and my beers Paps Blue Ribbon it has a taste on the flavor
2: what do you think's on the label
1: I think there's a, a naked woman riding on a unicorn jumping over fire That's good beer. And we are back at rugby wrap up. Mr. Steve Lewis and Mr. Barry Herbert calling in from Denver. He, although he's actually from South Africa, uh, gentlemen. we were talking earlier about the international tests, uh, overseas. We had the rugby weekend
2: of international flavor here in Chicago at soldier field. Steven, you were there. Indeed. I was, um, I would say it was something of an underwhelming weekend. Um, 30,000 tickets sold. It's a little disappointing. Um, You had three games played. It's a nine hour day. It's a long day. Some people came for the first game and disappeared. Some came for the later games. So to my mind, there really wasn't more than 20,000 people. The atmosphere wasn't great. Um, With regard to the games, you know, kind of went as expected. Um, Opened up with the USA women losing heavily to New Zealand. That having been said, they're pretty much set up for failure. You know, they haven't played a game in 14 months. Uh, They only managed to get together on the Monday. They've only had three days' practice, and you're putting them up against the number one team in the world, you know, first game back. So not fair on the players, not fair on the new coach. Somewhat unsurprising, the result. Um, Positives. A lot of players' debut debut was being made, so seven starters, I believe another five or six. So that's a good thing. And they are on tour now. They're playing England Friday. Uh, Then they play Ireland. And I believe... um, uh, USA Rugby has made a commitment that they will be playing more test matches in the summer, which is what the women's program need. They need to play rugby. They need games. So that result, um, you know, it is what it is. Park it. Move on. Let's 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 go to the Italy-Ireland game now. Okay. Um, Italians put up a good fight. 14-7 at the half. They were going okay. And then just Ireland switched on the afterburners, blew them away in the second half. Um, standout performance from Ireland. Fullback Jordan Lemur scored a hat-trick. In, in one real highlight uh, try down the left-hand side. So, good stuff for good stuff for Ireland, for Italy. Another heavy defeat. And where do they go from here? You know, they get a lot of flack um, about whether they should be in the Six Nations. Both their club teams have gone better this year in the Pro 14. But it's going to be a real test this weekend because Italy played Georgia. Yeah. And Georgia are everyone's favorites to replace them. Georgia has certainly improved dramatically. In the dramatically. Six Nations. Yeah, but it's not going to happen. Right. Right. Commercial reasons, but no, I'm just specifying yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, talking. but um, you know that this will be interesting because they're basically, you know, on the spot, as it were. So, so that'll be interesting. So that game was, um, again, as expected. Um, commercially, what was interesting about this weekend is it just goes to show, in my opinion, that the only the only brand that can sell out a major stadium is the All Blacks. Okay, they did against Ireland, did against USA. You got the Maori, you had Ireland playing. 30,000. Scotland, tw- not quite 20 in Houston. Um, with, there's one brand that can sell out a major sports stadium in the U.S., and it's the All Blacks. So did this weekend make sense other than the competition? Uh, the U.S. team will get to that game in a minute. It's outside the test window, so they don't have their top players. Right? We did The Eagles did not have their top players. It, so I was getting into
1: discussions with people that were telling me that it was inside the test window. No. So – Next week starts the official test window for all the nations? Yep. Okay, so I so I was right. So I was
2: right, uh, pig and whistle. Um. Right, so, so basically what I'm saying is, and then Pat Clifton wrote a good article about this, you're basically showcasing our teams, putting them against the top dogs in the world. Um, you know, we're not giving them a competitive game, in my, in my opinion, and it probably wasn't the appropriate venue. The only good thing is... USA Rugby weren't running it. It wasn't being run by RIM, so we didn't yeah. lose money. Right. This was um, a different agency. arrangement, yeah. legacy agency. Yeah. So that part of the commercial arrangement, we didn't lose money. But to, to my mind, it wasn't quite – it was just uh, an off weekend. didn't feel quite right. Well, uh, you, you
1: know, you followed Ireland versus New Zealand at Soldier Field with, with, this, with this card. And, again, we didn't have some of our bigger names because they weren't released from their clubs. Or they might, may have been injured. Yep, them's right? the rules. Yep. So,
2: but then don't have the match. Yeah. I mean, so so let's get to the match, right? 59 um, 22, I believe, in the end. Um, so if you're Gary Gold, our head coach looking at it, you know, it's an extra game. Every game is good, uh, lets him test his depth. But th- this wasn't easy. They had multiple players missing. Uh, in the build up to the game, a couple of uh, unfortunate injuries Luke Hume, hamstring. Strings. So he yep. was gone on the Thursday. Yep. Nate Augsburger, the captain, on the wing, pulled his quad on a Friday night, uh, on a Friday afternoon captain's run or whatever. So he was out Had to make a couple of late changes. Ben Landry got injured. And then, of course, Sean Davis got concussed. Um, so they're limping into Spain. They've yep. got a Samoa, which is going to be a physical encounter, um, next weekend with uh, ch- without two of the top nines. They've called in Phil Boyer and they've called in Devro Ferris. And Ruben de Haas, who's the youngster playing for the Cheetahs is going to get a lot of time. So, so it's one of those cases, the head coach, you know, you're going to see what depth you have or haven't got. Yeah. Uh, this is now going to be a tough tour for the Eagles. Uh, Samoa, Romania in Bucharest, and then Ireland in Dublin. Um, so, yeah, it was it was an okay performance by the Eagles. But. Right. You'll get some
1: key players back. You'll get Blaine Scully back. You'll get uh, Manu Samoa. You'll get Joe um, So. TT. Tt, yeah. uh, tt Lamosatelli, yeah. yep. sure. You know, so Tamalaya from Glasgow. Yeah. So um, you know, you get some. Greg Peterson was there for this one. He'll be yeah. back. So you you, you got some you got some solid players in there. So it'll be exciting to watch, and I'm looking forward to it. And but you're right. What? It's it's you're at nine and ten specifically. They are not. They don't have any depth. But uh, Barry, this also marked the end of the perfect run in the Gary Gold era. And I just wonder if it's a South African thing.
0: (laughs) No, not at all. I think Gary's done a great job since he's come to the helm. Uh, As you you guys have both uh, alluded to, you know, when you've got that many players unavailable um, against a really, really talented group like the Maori, it's going to be a tough ask. So, no, Gary's got a a long road ahead of him uh, on this tour, for sure. Um, The depth is going to be tested again. Uh, but let's see what the Eagles look like when they get all their players back. I think they're very competitive, as they've shown in the previous seven games. So, uh, yeah, not, it's not all doom and gloom. It, it will be a tough tour for them now. But, uh, you know, everything in world rugby is gearing into next year, uh, guys. So, you know, I think there's still uh, some hope for for the Eagles uh, for a good showing next year. All
1: right. Let me ask you guys the, 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 the uh, question that people were pontificating upon or, you know, just, just being ridiculous about uh, at the pig and whistle. It, and I asked, where would the Maori be ranked internationally Jeez. if we could have that? <laughs> so go ahead, Barry. Where would you rank them?
0: Oh, uh, they, they'd probably rank in the top five. Um, you know, if, we, if we're assuming that they're uh, a New Zealand or all-black B team, um, then, yeah, I think they would rank in the top five. I think they, they, they're, that, they're that good. Um, and uh, again, I didn't have a really good analysis of that squad, but uh, I, I, you know you, you know that the next in line is good enough to play for most international teams down there in New Zealand so very strong top five for sure.
2: Stephen? Uh, I disagree. I would go top 10, I'd go 8, 9 10. I mean everything it was a full full test matches with countries trotting out the top sides and they'd they, they knock off a top five side every now and again, but they wouldn't be consistently top five for me, but they'd be 8 910. Gentlemen, let's go to predictions. Barry.
0: Okay, so first game up here: New Zealand uh, uh, England versus New Zealand. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be very tough there for uh, for for England to 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 roll them at this stage. Um, they didn't show enough against the box to to convince anybody they're going to beat New Zealand. Oh, I think it'll be 10, 10 to fifteen points, Matt. Uh, I think it'll be reasonably comfortable for the All Blacks.
2: Stephen, I think the mighty blackness will beat. The Queen's 15 by at least 15 to 20 points.
1: Yeah, I think England's going to play this one tough. I think they're they're going to play um, a grind it out kind of match. Uh, the All Blacks have been susceptible on defense, so I think there might be some points scored, um, but not necessarily by the home team. So I think they'll play with pride for a long time, but they can't keep up with the All Blacks, and I think it's going to be probably about 12 points differential. Uh, the next one up, you've got... France versus your South African team. How, how are the boys there, Barry? Are they going to bounce back?
0: Uh, yes, I think they will. Uh, we've got Valila Roo, after Clerk, Francois Low, and uh, Cheslin Colby all coming back into uh, the selection for this weekend, and I think the Springboks will be much stronger with those guys coming in. So I'm going to go with a five to ten point Springbok win here.
1: Steve, which French team is going to show up? I don't Good know. Good
2: question. Um, I'm going. I'm going. Yappies by ten. I think they'll bounce back because I, I don't know what's going to come. You don't know what the French are going to put out there.
1: I love the nicknames. To... You got to love the nicknames. I'm going to. I'm going to agree with both of you. I don't think that uh, France is. I, I, they're just impossible. Don't overthink it. I'm not, you can't. You can't overthink it. So I'm going to go with South Africa, but in a tight match. I'm going to go with like four points. Write it down. And you've got Scotland versus Fiji, Stephen. You talked about this one earlier. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Barry first.
0: As much as I love the Fijians and the way they play, um, I do think Scotland have been playing pretty good rugby over the last year or two and should get there. You know, I think they'll. Uh, I think this one is going to be Scotland, uh, and it will also be, a, I think, a seven-point game here, within one score. Fiji will push them hard.
2: Stephen, um, he's got one score. Forces of goodness and light. Will triumph over our Fijian brothers, but then uh, I think going away, 15, 15, 20 points. Oh,
1: I think the, um, the ghost of William Wallace at Murray Field would be too much for the Fijians. I think they're going to be running um, amok a bit, and I think it's going to be Scotland by 15 points. It's, right. it's
2: November, it's Edinburgh. That's not Fijian weather.
1: It's not it's not, and it's not seven, so it's going to be, they're on the field longer than 14 minutes they're going to be cold. uh
2: Italy, Georgia, this is an intriguing matchup. it is actually this in some ways is the one I want to see most. Um, I, I think Georgia I think, I think Italy' is hard to bounce back from that you know uh that's a, a tanking away from home again. I mean they, they, they now I think lost 17, 18 out of 19. Georgia got a bit of confidence. Got a new coaching staff. Actually, Graham Roundtree is uh, helping Georgia, out now, And they've, they've 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 got a sort of essentially a billionaire backer. They've had a lot of money in Georgian rugby over the last three four years. And they've got they've got front five forwards playing all over Europe. They, they're going to be, I think, too strong for the Italians up front. I'm going Georgia. Georgia by ten.
0: Barry. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh... Far too strong up front. Uh, they turned into a bit of a factory, a, a prop factory down there in Georgia, uh, supplying everyone in world rugby. Love to see them all play together and see what that forward pack can do. Uh, Italy are woeful at the moment, so Georgia. Sh- I'm, I'm tipping Georgia to win that, uh, actually by 10 to 15 points.
1: All right, I'm going the other direction because Sergio Arese was on the show, and uh, he is. I have a man crush on him. He is a rugby rock star, uh, and the guy I want to be. He's got, so he's got better hair than you. He's he's got better everything than me, and and, and I'm not afraid to say it, Sergio, my, my amigo. And for that reason, I'm picking Italy, the influence. And his calf might not be ready to go. Yes, he's 35 years old, but uh, he's got an influence on that team. Uh, I think they're going to come out firing. I'm picking Italy by six. Now let's talk about the USA versus Samoa.
2: Yeah, we, we sort of touched on it earlier. All the foreign stars coming back for the Eagles. Um, it's in San Sebastian, I think they're playing it. Samoa, first game out for them on this tour, but they, they're a big physical team. They're getting their act together again. It's going to be a tough one. Um, I, unfortunately, I think Samoa will, will win it, but pretty close. Five or six.
0: Barry. Uh, I agree with that. Uh, it will be good to see uh, the Eagles with their full squad or everybody who's available and to see how they go. But Samoa will probably get home in a, in a close one. So I'm going to say less than five point victory for Samoa.
1: I hate to say it, but the 9-10 uh, issues for Team USA will keep them from winning this one. And I
2: think they're going to lose by by 8-10 to points. One final um tournament of interest this weekend. It's the uh, repurchase for the World Cup. So, can you can- say repurchase. I said Reprochage. So we, got, uh, we have Canada, Kenya, Germany, and Hong Kong are duking out for that final place in the World Cup. That's right. That tournament starts this weekend. Um, I hope our northern neighbors um, can pull it out. I think they will, actually. I think Canada will go through from those four.
1: We, we need a soundbite of Sean Connery saying reprochage. Reprochage. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> speaking of sound bites, uh, we are out of time. Uh, Mr. Barry Herbert, I want to thank you for calling in from Denver and uh, being from South Africa.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Matt. It's been great to be on the show again.
1: And my Reprochage uh, co host, Steve Lewis. Steve, thank you very much. You're welcome. All right. That, on that note, thank you for tuning in. Matt McCarthy for Steve Lewis and Barry Herbert at the Fantasy Sports Network Studio 34 in New York City, signing off.